Hi, this is Patty Lapone. This is Allison Janney. This is Matt Balmer. This is Donna Murphy. This is Nia Vardalis. This is Jesse Tyler Ferguson. This is Beanie Feldstein. I'm Octavia Spencer. This is Ben Platt, and you're listening to Little Known Facts with my favorite person on the planet, Alana Levine. A-OK. Welcome to Little Known Facts, a podcast where you will hear unfiltered, raw, honest, and uniquely funny interviews with artists you love as they talk about the art they love to make. I'm your host, Ilana Levine. You know, some people enjoy composing their own music, chord by chord, and others are happiest when they come across that one perfect song. Work is not a lot different than that. Whether you prefer building your own workflow or using a pre-made template, with Monday.com, you and the team can work in a way that's comfortable for everyone. Tap the banner to go to Monday.com and build your own amazing workflow or find an awesome template. No judgment. Hey, I heard you need an inspiration. He's a lot of end friends with some revelations. Little known back to the day. Every little thing's gonna be A-OK. everyone. New episodes of Little Known Facts drop every Monday, and you can find them on your favorite podcast provider. Also, if you go to the website, littleknownfactspodcast.com, you'll find behind-the-scenes photos, videos, and interviews, and lots more on the gallery page. And if you are loving these intimate, candid conversations with all the artists who come on the show, please head over to the contributions page. I depend on these donations to continue to bring you these interviews every week. So if you love the show, please donate. So my friend Matt Roden invited me to be a guest on his show, which is called State of the Art. And we had a really great time together. He's a sweetheart. I actually met him exactly a year ago at BroadwayCon 2017. And we just finished BroadwayCon 2018, which was extraordinary. And I look forward to sharing a lot of what I did there and the people I met and the panels I led. But in the meantime, this week, little known fact, I am a guest on Matt Roden's show. I'm sharing it here. A little more me than I'm used to sharing, but I don't know. I hope you like it. Anyway, enjoy Matt Roden and me on Little Known Facts. A-OK. A-OK. Hi, everybody. This is State of the Art Live. This is the new setup. We got new microphones. We're very fancy. I'm really excited because I'm sitting... On my couch, having a lovely Sunday we just brunch. Had bagels, yes, let's we be did. Honest. Oh, I love. They were delicious. New York bagels. I know. My mom's here. Sam's here. Um, but uh, the reason that you are here why is because am I here? yeah, you're like good why? existential. Why am I here? Why am I here? And um, we're gonna solve that today. I, you. So you are an actress, and and but but the thing I I first knew you from. Yes. Well, maybe not. But was the was a podcast? This yes. podcast that you've sort of birthed into the universe Mm -hmm. um and it is the reason i love it is because i always feel like the conversations are intimate and do you know what i mean i mean like you how did you describe it earlier you said what did you say uh, 
you feel like you're eavesdropping, right? That was Matt's mom. My, it's my mom's favorite podcast, by the way. That's true. Yes, it is. I mean, I'm here for Matt, but I'm really more for, <laughs> for my mom. Me exactly. too. That's, That's how right. I feel every day. Oh. I'm here for me, but mostly oh. I'm here for if my, my mom. If my kids are watching, I want you here every day for your mom. Yes. Thank you. So, I, but that's what it is, right? It's these like really yeah. intimate conversations. It, is. it feels exactly like this, except rather than filming it, we are recording it. And, and, and it's exactly like really, like really high level, like high performing people, right? Fancy, fancy people. Fancy, fancy people. But you don't treat them in a way that's different than anybody no. else, right? Like I think that's what's so nice about that's it is the that. Point. Right. That's the whole point of the show, actually. That um, there is no one who is uh, fancier than anybody else mm-hmm. or, or um, more important. We're all trying to do the best we can yep. and tell stories as honestly as we can. And I think all of my guests have had the great fortune of being in a project that somehow broke through in terms of it being accessible yeah. to many, many people to yeah. watch. Because yeah. think of all the people we have in our lives who are insanely talented and just for whatever reason the thing hasn't happened yet where what they're doing Goes has, the next has transcended exactly yep i think people appreciate that when when they sit down with you right yeah. i mean it, and, and i think the truth is for very few people does this kind of notoriety or or popularity come overnight there's a lot a lot of work that has gone into their craft and sticking with it when most people weren't hiring them. And, and as, as, mu- as much as it may appear that it happened right. sort of in a single moment, that's right. there's so many years that go into it. I did a little bit of research, some diving, but I love the fact that you say it's like, once you hit that, what, what do you do next? You know, how do you, right. how do you keep, how do you live the rest of your life once you've had this sort of moment of, you know, a miracle, a, mir- a miracle when moment. When Matthew Broderick was on the, the podcast, he had literally just come in, like parked his city bike outside and came in and someone had just said to him, like, Bueller? He was like, uh-huh. It's like, yes. Kind of did a couple. but And by the way, yes. Yeah, that is me. <laughs> that is me. But also, like, there have been some other things. So that's his cross to bear. Yeah. Tell me the story of how the podcast came to be. The podcast came to be because I love listening to them. You were a fan of podcasts. Fan of podcasts. Fan of radio in general. Grew up doing a lot of driving from my house to visit different grandparents' house. My father had the radio on. He was a talk radio guy. And it became a very um, enjoyable thing for me to be able to picture what someone looked like or to picture the world they were describing. I think I would have been really happy in the 40s sitting around. Just listening to radio. Yeah, like sitting around in my living room listening to like The Lone Ranger or whatever the radio program was. And I was an actress for a long time. Mm -hmm. I still am. I, I was finding myself for a while doing a lot of voiceover work. And loving it. I love the idea of the intimacy of having the quiet of a, of a booth and a recording studio and headphones on and just really telling a story without a lot of bells and whistles to yeah. help tell the story. Mm-hmm. So, so there are a lot of reasons why I was fortunate enough to have this opportunity. But when someone presented me with this idea, mm-hmm. I had just been talking to someone the night before and my takeaway from it was I'm going to say yes to everything that comes into my life that does not put me or my family in emotional, physical, or financial danger. I mean, you That op- was the criteria. And you opened the gate, right? So yes. as soon as you said... I said, I'm going to say yes. And, then- and I know like I'm not inventing like that concept, like the power of yes, yeah. right? But 
literally that next night, I'm at a cocktail party, like you do. And um, someone was like, hey, I have this company and we just bought this podcast producing company. Um, You should do one. And I was like, no, yes, yes, I should. Yes, you should. Is that dangerous? Will I lose money? And is anyone going to get hurt? And I was like, I asked him those questions. (laughs) (laughs) You're like, those are my questions. (laughs) Will I get hurt? Is this dangerous? Am I going to lose money? And much like new writers, it's often suggested write what you know. Mm -hmm. Like when you're starting to write, Mm -hmm. I thought, well, what, who do I know that would come sit in the podcast booth with me? And I bumped into my friend the next day, John Slattery Mm -hmm. of Broadway and Mad Men fame. And I was like, dude, he's like, yeah, I'm in. And he came in. He was my first one. And we ended up being in, it was a two-parter because it went on for a very long time. And at the end, we were done. And he's like, you know what? You are like a female Howard Stern. And I had this moment of like, have I just been... Is that, like, is that good? <laughs> right. No, that's a good that's, thing. I mean, I have his hair. That's a good but thing. But I'm like, yeah. <laughs> um, but, it, but I was like, can you tell me what you mean? And he's like, because I feel like I was safe to talk about anything. Yep. And you guided the conversation in ways that um, I didn't feel manipulated, but you helped me move through my stories yeah. in, in an elegant way. Yeah. So that was a very great vote of confidence. And then I thought, you know what? I have a lot of anxiety about getting older, but the really wonderful thing about being older is the relationships with really magical people yes. that I've sustained for the 25 years that I've been acting. And that's, but that's you. Like that, that's not easy. Like having, forming true, authentic, deep, honest relationships with people yeah. is I think something that I, like I consciously think about every day that I'm like I really am when I meet somebody in any context right especially somebody that, that whose work I may admire yeah I, it's I, even if it's someone who I even if it's someone I've never met before trying to form a real authentic Connection. yeah yeah do you know what I mean I do know what you mean and I think for me you know we were talking before we went live about parenting and your mom is here who I think is a very special person. Me too. Um, Shout out to moms everywhere. You know, that was my mom. My mom, sometimes to um, my dismay, every holiday, she really was the person, if there was someone who didn't have a place to go, Mm -hmm. they were at our table. And there were times that I felt like I was sharing her with a lot of people. But that leading with kindness and generosity and and how can I be helpful um, was very Helen Levine. And and whether I noticed it or not, I think I absorbed that. Yeah. That way of being respectful and kind. And also she was just genuinely interested in everyone. And maybe in part to deflect from herself. A lot of people are good at asking yeah. questions because they don't want to mm-hmm. be asked questions. Mm-hmm. But for me, I don't know. There's a lot of Helen in me, my mom. We were talking before as well about yeah. how – well, I was going to ask you. I was going to ask you before – you know, the podcast is this own sort of its own form, yeah. right? And musical theater is a totally different beast. Mm-hmm. What is it about the, those two things? Is there something that connects those two things that you huh. think is sort of at the core? And before yeah. we were talking, before we went live, you, yeah. you had said community is something that's really big for you. Yeah. And I had this, I was like, oh my God, then maybe that's what it is, that yeah. it's this like sense of community. Yeah. yeah. Well, I would say one thing is I, I was fortunate enough to, do a bunch of Broadway plays. 
the musical was, and and many um, purists and lovers of Broadway musicals may agree. <laughs> what I'm about to say that it was good that I just did one Broadway musical. <laughs> um, I did Lucy and You're a Good Man, Charlie Brown on Broadway, and when I say that, it is if it's literally like I went to the moon and figured out. Yes, like, it literally was like. I, I would not have understood what you were saying. You would not have been speaking a language that I understood if you told me, even the day before I auditioned for You're a Good Man, Charlie Brown, that I would be in it. Mm-hmm. Um, the whole thing was so outside of my experience, except no one loves musicals more than me. Like You were like a musical theater fan. Oh, my God. Like every every celebration in my family was like, can we afford to go see a musical as a way to celebrate that what graduation, a what that a gift. birthday, that yep. like whatever it was. And I lived in New Jersey, so I had the great benefit of the mm-hmm. proximity to New York City, which everyone doesn't yep. have, but yep. we did. Um, so A, I literally would have been like the doorman for You're a Good Man, Charlie Brown, <laughs> as happily as I was playing Lucy yeah. in You're a Good Man, Charlie Brown. So I guess what I would say is when I think of myself as a performer, ironically, the thing in a way that I became most known for in the Broadway community is that musical. Yes. In part because I was in it with Anthony Rapp and Kristen Chenoweth Mm -hmm. and people who were already, and B.D. Wong and Roger Bard and Stanley Way Mathis. Um, They were all real fixtures already in the theater, musical theater community. So there I was. I didn't read music. I had sung in my shower. I had never done a musical in my life. Um, Michael Mayer had seen me in a play many years before and there was something about what I did in that play that just felt right to him for Lucy comedically mm-hmm. and the energy. The casting director, Jay Binder, who had cast the three Broadway plays I had done prior to that, every play I did, he cast. Yeah. So it's funny, like, I, I, that was very lucky. It was all in alignment, it right? It all, all in just, just kind of aligned yes. the way it was supposed to. Yes. And Dear Friends encouraged me to audition for it. And Stephen Ledvac, who went on to write A Gentleman's mm-hmm, Guide to Love mm-hmm. and Murder, was my coach for the audition, right? Like, this That's, is how, yeah. this is back in the this, 40s. Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> it all Ledvac comes around. It all comes winner. around. Yeah. But like, went and played the piano for me. And, and we came up with Veruca's song, I Want It All, from yep. Willy Wonka, yep. which was just a perfect Lucy. It was perfect. Um, Great song, and choice. I could sing it. Yep, you anyone could sing it. Anyone would have gotten that part had they sung <laughs> that thing. And uh, and I remember going in the waiting room, and it was literally like all of the women that I love and admire. It was you know it was yep. a great part yeah. to get it. And then I went in, and for whatever reason, it's such a lesson. I'm going to do a panel at Broadway Con about mm-hmm. auditioning, actually, with with wonderful actors who will both tell their most humiliating stories. To make us all feel better. That will be helpful. Um, and then real real things that they've learned along the way that help deal with nerves. And, and when the part is yours, there's almost nothing you can do to lose it. Mm-hmm. And for whatever reason, I feel like Andrew Lippa and Jerry Mitchell and Michael Mayer and the producers, luckily, had this when I came in. There was something right. They were like, oh, yeah, there, there you are. Yeah. And I remember saying, I don't care if I get it. I'm already singing at 890 Broadway. Right, so right. I'm on Broadway now, which is the place that musicals rehearse in New York City. It's an address, 890 Broadway. And it's so corny when I think about it, but I really felt like that. Yeah. I couldn't believe I was singing 
kind of on Broadway. And doing and doing that show and other Broadway plays, did you find something in that that gives you the similar feeling that you get so, from podcasts? So to go back, those people mm-hmm. were so generous. And I think this podcast in some small way has been for me to say thank you. I think it's really? just been about saying thank you to these people who inspired me. Literally, my first guests were literally the cats. Kristen came uh, yep. in, the BG came <laughs> in, then Roger came in, then Anthony came in. Like, again, start with what you know. Yep. Okay, I'm going to start with that cast. And I've gone through every cast I've ever, that's who's on my show. Um, literally, people who I've worked with mm-hmm. for the last 25 years or lived with. Those were my two choices. Alice and Janney and I were roommates, not um, that's so, actresses. That's so crazy. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's crazy. I know. Yeah, I want to say thank you. These people have inspired me. Alan Alda came on. I got to be like, I'm sorry, free to be you and me. I know you've done many things, but that album is why I am who I am today. That album and my mother. So yes, it's um, it's community. It's saying thank you. And I didn't have a resource like this when I started out. This is an opportunity to kind of create what I didn't have when I started out, which was this unbelievably humanizing, yeah. um, That's sharing. That's the perfect word for it. Instead of like, I'm not going to tell you what I do because then you'll get the part. Like the opposite of that. Yeah. Like, oh, this is, hi, I'm Edie Falco. Would you like to know exactly what I did on the day I auditioned for Sopranos? Like it's that. Mm-hmm. Yes, I would like to know. <laughs> yeah, yes, thank you. Please let please tell <laughs> yes, me. And yeah. So I think that kind of giving back and saying thank you. When you started the podcast, mm-hmm. um, before or after John's episode, were you like, what the hell am I doing? Like, how? Because, do you know what I mean? You didn't know how to do no, this after I can't someone. <laughs> we're doing this. Right. But um, you know what I mean? Someone said, oh, you start a podcast, and you were like, yes, now what do I do? Yeah. You know, I would say that obviously, because as I said earlier, this whole thing came to me as a package, like, mm-hmm. we happen to have a podcast. Business. Yeah. Do you want to do one? Um, so had I to worry about anything technical, it never would have happened. Yeah. Like I can, I literally just learned that if you have a space between the at and the person's name, you're, whatever. Yes. You know you're, what yes, I do. I do. I do I know like, exactly what you're saying. Lighting up? You're like, like that's, I don't understand. <laughs> yeah. So I'm saying literally we're talking yes. about like there were the cavemen and I lived with them. Yes. And, and so anyway, all of that is to say I... When you work on a part, if you're lucky enough to play someone who really lived, or if you are working on a fictional character, you're asking one million questions. You are a journalist at all times, yeah. right? Like if I were interviewing Matt Roden because I'm going to be playing Matt Roden mm-hmm. on Broadway, then there's that, right? So it hasn't been a stretch to sort of, I'm so interested in people. I want to know everything about them. Yeah, well, that's you. That's your nature. I yeah. mean, you are like generous and and warm and, and joyful. Yeah, curious, genuinely curious. So, I feel like all the work I've done as an actor um, is exactly the same work I do for being a podcast host. We talked about this when I was on your podcast. Yeah. About after BroadwayCon last year, but I think like actors, it's it's an act of empathy, right? It's mm-hmm. it's the it's like the literally getting inside someone else's head, understanding sort of their sort of worldview and perspective right. and their story, really right. knowing their sort of full story. And that's what you do is you sort of like open people's book up and you're like, tell me the story. Give me the whole plus listening. Right? Like that's and then that's the added thing mm-hmm. that's exactly the same. That that acting 
at its best is, is listening. You are so in your body. Yep. And you've heard the lines a million times. And and I joke about this. Like when you have a two-show day, sometimes you're saying a line and you're like, oh my God, did, wait, did I say that already? And you're like, oh no, that was the matinee. Yeah. <laughs> so like, but like that yes. too. Like, you're like deja vu. Yeah. So just really listening. Really listening. It's an amazing um, feeling. Do you walk in with expectations? Like do you, do you sort of... There's an arc to my show. Of like, course. Like having done so many and it really is, you know, I've, I'm almost at 100 and I feel like, you know, when you said I've done 65, you you learn by doing and those Malcolm Gladwell, like 10,000 hours. Yes. I'm, I'm getting there. Um, there's an arc to the show. There's a beginning and middle and end to the structure of my show. And then what happens in between is unique to each conversation and each person. And some people... You know, it's really hard to schedule a lot of my, I'm my sure. artists, and so they literally have half an hour. Mm-hmm. And when when there's a shorter interview posted, it's because their day only allowed for that much time. And if I have much more time, I can do a two-parter, like right. with Donna Murphy. So yeah. it just depends also on what their day is and what my day is. Yeah. But that's why when your mom said it feels like she's with us having coffee, it that is exactly what it is. It's me and whoever I'm interviewing having coffee at the podcast booth instead mm-hmm. of the diner. Um, and that's why it's been easier. Do you feel like up. you've gotten better as it's gone on? Oh, well, you, I'd have to ask you that. But I... Do you, feel, do you feel more at ease now than you did in the beginning? You know, sometimes I feel more nervous now because now I really know what it is and how many people are listening. Mm-hmm. When I first started this, I was like, my mom is going to listen. Yep. Maybe my 14-year-old daughter right. will listen. Maybe she can get some of her friends to listen. And maybe my friend who's in the interview with me will, will listen. We'll listen. Um, but now, like, a lot of people are listening. And so, and I don't know them. Right. It's not just the friends yep. and family no, plan. Yes. So in some ways, I feel more of um, more pressure and more of a responsibility to produce something consistently you know, people are contributing to the podcast. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, you deserve something balls every week. And we were talking earlier about communities that form on social media and as scared as I was to participate in any kind of social media. Yeah. The, the intimate details of people's lives that my listeners are sharing with me sparked by something they heard maybe in an interview that they wanted to share with me that it was mm-hmm. very meaningful for them and then learning their stories I just am blown away um by what people share do you feel like you are yourself on the podcast yes what a beautiful thing yeah I do I do and in part because I'm so not self-conscious and we talked about this before as an actor there's so much emphasis on what you look like And I think part of why, especially with the actresses who come in, but also with the actors, because it's not being filmed, because there's not an audience there, because they're not worrying about their hair and makeup, um, because Jordan Roth taught me about Facetune so that I can promise them (laughs) that whatever picture we do take... It'll be nice. It'll look nice. Yeah, it'll look good. My daughter's like, Mom, you look like... You are so blurry. <laughs> you like made your skin so soft. Just yeah. like you can see, like you're literally like your face is an eraser. That is um, amazing. I'm like, okay, I gotta learn. He showed me the app. He right, is how to, to use it. it exactly. But you know, I'm very sensitive to to using someone's image and them trusting me with the image because that's not what this was meant to be. Right. Yeah. It's all audio. But all of that 
when you are not worrying about what you look like or people watching you, you just feel so safe to mm-hmm. just, you know, and I'm just noticing for me, like, oh, this is interesting. There's a camera here. Am I as myself as I am when it's just, and it's you and your mom and you guys are here. Yeah, so right. It's as easy it's going to get as it's going to get, but it is different. It, it's No, it totally is yeah. different. Do you think that um, when you were a, when you were first in the city and, and auditioning and doing that yeah. whole thing, because you. I was so cute. You were, you were cute. <laughs> You're still, you're still. I was still, my face tuned. <laughs> that was that was the previous. Oh my gosh, um, that's great. If you had had the opportunity to do a podcast like this mm-hmm. at that time, or just any kind of podcast, do you think you would have? Do you think you would have done it? It's a really good question. I was so, um, I was so invested in wanting to tell other people's stories at that time. Maybe because I didn't know who I was yet. You know, mm-hmm. I was. 20 and, I, and just out of school and um you know to say I know who I am now is is a stretch too but I do feel like having all this life experience yeah um is probably a great credential to have uh as mm-hmm. someone who's asking the questions in terms of the form do you think uh which or, is not to say young people can't do podcasts. Well, that's what I was going to say. So that's what yeah. I was going to say. So, like, I think um, – because I, I think having life experience, I think, is so useful. And I totally am a full believer in, like, put in the time mm-hmm. um, so that you can have something really rich later. But I all, it's a balance between that and also, like, do something. Like, But you have such a point of view, Matt. Like, like for you, and if, and if you – Create a podcast yeah. if that's something you want to do. Or, or I mean, there are lots of younger people than me doing podcasts. I just wanted to be an actress. That's what I wanted to do. Yeah. I had just studied. I just spent a lot of money in a program yep. to, to learn to a learn. technique. And I wanted to try it. I wanted to see what it was. And that between auditioning and my waitressing job yeah. that was about all I could handle and also we were talking you know all kidding aside I'm not intuitive with technology I mean by the way I couldn't have done a podcast none of us had right the te- well that's what I mean yeah of course and, of course and apple macbooks and you know all this stuff so so in terms of the technology it was you know people were working in radio um and other than npr like my obsession with this kind of storytelling that became audio storytelling was going to see people at the moth, you know, presenting their life stories at yes. these moth um, performances mm-hmm. that then became recorded. Yeah. And but now... at the beginning, they were just live and kind of cabaret spaces and, and people sharing, you know, from flight attendants who were dealing with, you know, post 9-11 travelers to like all of these incredible stories that were people touched connected and were influenced by strangers a lot of the moth is right or those kinds of stories yeah. right so this was like a very organic process for me to get to here and so i hate to say it was what you were meant to do but if, yeah, if you look at sort sense. of it makes so much sense yeah. because like you are in I, I mean you can correct me if i'm wrong but i feel like you are generally a joyful generous like that's your disposition. Well, I'm very lucky. I am generally joyful, and and I know people who are not. And, right, that's what Depression I'm saying. Depression is such a real yes, thing. Yes, yes. I get upset or depressed about specific things, but it's not it's not what I have to combat. Yeah. In my life, 
So no. And it just makes sense that it would lead to this, right? That you'd have this sort of opportunity to share these really small, singular moments with people Mm -hmm. um, that come from a place of love and joy and generosity. Were you that way when you were like young and in the city? Not that you're not young now. I'm just not in the city. Not in the city, Um, right. (laughs) I, I was the third child. And there was a big gap between my two older sisters and me. My mom was like, do I go back to work? I have another kid. And so I was born out of like, I'm not going back to work. I'm I'm going to have another kid. And I think I felt a tremendous pressure to make sure that uh, it would work for me to be in this family. Like this family had existed for a long time yes, without me. Yes. And I was like, it all seemed like it was working very well for them. This the four top. <laughs> yes. Table 22. And now it was going to be a five top. Yep. And so I think I loved waitressing. I was going to say, you lo- right? I was like, I, I watched some interview. You, 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 you loved being a waitress. I loved being a waitress. I did. I loved having cash in my pocket. And I loved like, you need this. I can do this. Other than opening bottles of champagne, there was nothing I could do. Um, <laughs> I let him do that same thing too. I say, it's, it's for you. Right. Like it's, yeah, scary. Like, it's like catching a ball on the like, bed. Like, no, thank you. No, thanks. So I think I was very fortunate to be funny. Mm-hmm. Like you can learn funny, but if you intuit it, it's yes. a great skill. Um, I was really funny. And I saw early on like, oh, I know why. I know I can keep my place. I'm going to make everybody laugh. Yep. Um, And I was the peacekeeper between my two sisters who were Irish twins. They were 14 months apart. They have a lovely relationship now. But as kids, it was not. They were oil and water. And so I was like going back and forth between like the two rooms like, Okay, she said that if you and then I'd go back. You were the, yeah, you were the yeah. I was the UN. I was completely (laughs) like, and so I found all these ways to fit in and be useful Mm -hmm. and wanted. And so when we talked about listening, I think a lot of what I saw was okay. I'm going to listen. I'm going to feel out the situation. Okay, got it. This is my role here. Yeah, and. That's been helpful as an actor. Mm-hmm. It's been really helpful as a host. Yes. It's been somewhat help- good as a parent. Um, this has been a great thing to do at this time in my life because when you have kids, like the thing I didn't have when I was young and in the city and first here, no responsibilities other than to pay my own rent. Yeah. Um, I was fortunate enough. I didn't have a family that I needed to send money back to. Mm-hmm. It was just for me. Yeah. And I was just not having to worry about anybody else and now having something that I can control which you can't as an actor yes which is my time and when I do a, mm-hmm. a an interview and when I edit and when I go to work um works great as a parent because that is I cannot tell you it's very time yeah I'm, I I can I can only <laughs> I, imagine I didn't realize the job description was forever forever um <laughs> in the best way but it really is like and I want to be there like I had kids later I was having so much fun for so long yeah like my friends who have kids the same age as mine are 10 years younger than me they right. were like I was like oh my god I could be almost your mother but you were enjoying yeah. your you were enjoying oh my god. your life the best between LA and New York, and you're running around, and it's really fun. Did you feel like when you started the podcast, you needed a creative outlet? Like, did you feel yes, like okay. very much so? Right. I feel like I noticed that I was reading for the same parts that I had read for when I first got out of school. I was like, oh my god, what's yeah, happening? Yeah, like I've had all of this work. I start in 
five Broadway plays and I've been on television, television shows and, yep. and I just shot a film with Diane Keaton and now I'm reading for three lines. Law and Order, I, I was a character on Law. Like it was so confusing yes. to me. And being offered amazing plays out of town, which my kids, for me, weren't quite old enough mm-hmm. to. So that was the thing. Like, oh, my God. Yes. Oh, in New Haven. Almost. Right? Like, right. almost. So at this moment where I don't. In a few years, I can go to New Haven happily. Yeah. But for now, with all that was going on, I wanted to be home at night. And so this was born out of a desire to create to be with creative people. Yes. I missed my friends. And when you don't go to auditions, you don't see you don't see anybody, right. That's the best part of audition. I'm like, oh my God, look who's oh it's great. Like like we're all there. Um that's the one nice the social aspect of it and the community aspect of it is amazing. But so this was an opportunity to make something myself. Mm -hmm. And I didn't know what it was gonna be. Um, have you done that before? Have you made something yourself before? I've produced things. Okay. Um, Did you ever do like a one-woman show or a cabaret or anything like no. that? No. Okay. Did I? I'm having – I just started taking B12. I'm having the <laughs> craziest – You're like – I was just at like – Yeah. I I have to look up on IMDb yeah. and see what I've done. I have been having the craziest memory problems. And I want to tell you, when you are in an interview situation yeah. and like literally like You're sweating, like, like what is the word for plant? It's plant. <laughs> Do you like plants? Like praying that it will show up. Yeah. It, and so far in the nick of time, like literally it happened. Who was I with? I think I was with Laura Linney. And she was telling me the most amazing story. And I knew exactly what my follow-up question was going to be. She was talking about Rocky Graziano, who ended up like living in her building this famous boxer yeah. who would like be her babysitter like the craziest <laughs> story and I was like oh my god I have the funniest follow up and then she was done and I was like <laughs> nothing right no nah, zero thing so that happens to me too I I totally understand that really yes you all the time who could be my child yeah I, right, I that makes it, me feel because a you're because you're a good listener because you're listening right and then all of a sudden you go that thing I just thought is, is it, nope. the thought the thought is gone Not there. Did you feel like you had a creative outlet when you were in the city? I mean, you were auditioning, but did auditioning feel like a creative outlet for you? Yeah. I mean, there was actually a time, and it's so funny because now I'm like, I'm sorry, you want me to put on a costume (laughs) and it is not Halloween and go to, well, all right. Um, I would say that when you are starting out at something, you are filled with the belief of why not you. Right? Yep, 100%. Not even why not. Of course me. Yeah. Right? <laughs> like, if you're bold enough and brave enough to be showing up at these things, some part of you actually thinks... Why not me? Forget, like, ambition or I'm going to be a star. Literally, I feel confident to take this story mm-hmm. and say it out loud with a bunch of other people. And, and so for a long time, I really felt like, why not me? And for a long time, I was getting hired. There was an agreement in New York City yeah. that Alana Levine could be in plays and TV shows. People were agreeing. Mm-hmm. And then there was a moment where I felt like I still agreed and then people agreed less. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> so I started a podcast. But that's and that's but that's how it happens though, right? I mean it, it just it's constantly up and down. But it's pretty weird like, you know, not that I've ever googled myself. But if yeah, I Yeah, what? Come on. You know what I'm saying? If you google me now, mm-hmm. it's all the like the it's podcast. so funny. It's, the it's like pages and pages of the podcast and like, that's just so interesting. Like, it's just very interesting to me. There's no period on that sentence except it, like, it's, huh. it's It's just, I, and yeah, I, I think it's fascinating. I okay. think, and I think it's amazing that um, 
you had the courage to say, I am going to try to make something. Yeah. And it and it's different than what I've done before. It's totally different than than what I've done in the past. It's something brand new. I've never done it. I've never tried this before. No. Let's see how it goes. Yeah. I think that's hard for a lot of people. Yeah. To to embrace change, right? To to just say, well, let's try something. But I also had the unbelievable fortune that when I did this, my husband was on a TV show. So when yeah. the financial mm-hmm. responsibility of your family mm-hmm. is on you, mm-hmm. that's really different. Yes. So whether or not this made money or not um, was inconsequential. The ex- it was purely experiential. Mm-hmm. That was the only reason to do it. Were I not in that position, and my relationship and my marriage has been about us taking turns all along the way, yeah. and and um, but this was an, a remarkable moment that this opportunity for me came at a time where I wasn't feeling the pressure in the same way to take care of my family. Yeah, I mean, listen, I I think I I mean, I have a full-time job. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that and that takes up my my days. Yeah. And so it's like on weekends, I this I This is pleasure. This is my play. Yeah. Like this is my opportunity to do like do the creative thing. And I think a lot of people are in that position where they go, I I don't have I either don't have the finances or I can't sacrifice you know, I can't sacrifice my three ta- my three waiting jobs, my right. my soul cycle job and my restaurant job because I need the money yeah. to go audition. But I can't even I don't even have the time to go on auditions because I'm stuck. But that's why it. you have to set it up that yep. the jobs you do are supporting your passion. That they can't you it's can't being smart, nanny, you to be smart right? about it. There are certain it. things you can't do. Yeah. You can't be responsible to another family who is depending on you to get their child because they are at work. Like yeah. there are just some things. You can't do. And I learned early on, like, okay, I can't nanny even though I love kids or I can't, you know, I can't have a day job. I have to find things, even if it means I'm exhausted because I'm working really late at night, I have to be available during the day to audition. And that's hard. That's hard. Temp work, obviously, is a way to do it too. But I definitely, you know, had to always make sure that the things I were doing, I was doing... The things I was doing for money. Yeah, the things, the things he was I, doing for money. Um, you know, were at night. Yeah, and we're and gave you the gave you the time to do do the thing you like really yeah. wanted to be doing. Yeah, we were talking before about how about social just social media in general, mm-hmm. but I think it's which is not social justice. No, 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 it is two not. Different Very things. different things. Yeah. How has the industry changed? I mean, sure, it's changed a lot since since when you first started. But oh my God, YouTubers are getting the parts that like. Of course they are. I mean, yeah. I can't even. I don't even know what to say. It's gone crazy. It's not a different that there world. There aren't talented YouTubers. Of course, it's a but it's a different world. Yeah. You know, you've done a really, I feel like, a wonderful job of of staying authentic and staying true to yourself on social platforms, mm-hmm. um, and promoting your promoting your show. I don't even like using the word promoting. Right. But that's a really interesting thing. I am I was wildly uncomfortable with the idea of promoting my show. The I, exact sentence that you just said. Yes. And then I realized this. I'm actually promoting Uma Thurman or Allison Janney or Asif Manvi or Kristen Chenna. Yep. You know, what I'm promoting is this incredibly beautiful artist who is sharing something that I think will be beneficial for the listeners. And when I was able to get rid of the anxiety because my name is in the title of this podcast, Mm -hmm. I wish I could rename my podcast, to be perfectly honest. Really? I do. I feel like 
uh, you know, that's my mind to work out. Yeah. But um, <laughs> it really is for me about two things have happened. I, I am in conversation on social media with remarkable people who I learn from every day, mm-hmm. like separate from the podcast itself, the, the, the value add from being on it in my life has been learning and connecting with extraordinary people all over the planet yep. who are sharing and teaching me things that I that I would need to learn. Mm-hmm. Um, and in terms of promoting things, I'm really trying to figure it out. And um, I know that it can be a time suck, so I just have to figure out, am I still growing? Am I still reading books? How am I expanding <sighs> as a person, heart, mind, soul? Yes. And how do I make sure that I am balanced in that way and not so obsessed with making sure that enough people hear my conversation with, you know, whoever it is, yeah. um, that I'm distracted from the things that are going to make me continue to grow as a person outside of this. The way I put it is about, I think you have to be a conscious consumer. Mm-hmm. You have to be super aware of the books and the television shows and the podcasts, the things that you're putting into your brain and body, the thing that you're, the things that you're giving attention to and giving energy to. Yeah. Like you have to be aware of those things. So yeah. what are books? What is a book that you'd like to give to people? What are, what are books that you, that you feel like have been helpful and expansive in your life. I was obsessed with the Elena Ferrante series of books. I don't know if you know. No, I do not. I um, do not. So this author, this Italian author, has somehow managed to chronicle a friendship over the course of four books of these two girls who meet as young children in Napoli. Um, and it follows them from their youth to adulthood. And it's this unbelievable it's so extraordinary and you can't believe that these are not real people. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was a book, a series of books that I finished recently that um, I thought was amazing. The subway, which I take a lot, was always where I read. Like I always have a book and I'm always reading. And now am I reading as much? You right. know, all the ways in which there was this time carved out for growth. Yeah. So I am struggling with you know, when you asked about social media and sort of using technology in ways that, what? I don't know. I'm very confused right now. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm with you. I am with you. And I feel I, the same way. Like we're having this conversation mm-hmm. for us. Yeah. And, but it's public. Yeah. It's just. It's fascinating. I mean, I hope is. I mean, I hope it's public. <laughs> no, but it's but it's fa- it's no. It really is this fascinating thing yeah. because it. Like, y- what are we doing? It's very. It's What's very happening it's, right now. But hope. But my Would hope. This conversation happen if we weren't recording it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> are there things that you that you want to do that you haven't done that you're are looking forward to or in my life? Sure. With the podcast or with your life? I don't know. I'm very like. I'm just in the moment. That's I love. I'm, yeah, I love that. Just to love. I love that. I love that. Fall in love every day. I fall in love every time someone comes into that podcast booth. I feel like this is the greatest thing. It's like I'm married and I'm monogamous and I'm madly in love with my husband. Mm-hmm. But once a week, some incredible person, male or female, yeah. comes into this podcast booth, and for that amount of time. I'm so in love with them. It's like the greatest affair yeah. of the mind, heart, and I. And then they leave, and I go home, and I'm completely happy in my marriage. But there's something about these little love Small stories moments, that I right. get to have all the time. I think uh, I think that is a great place to to, to wrap it up. And in, in saying that, I think you anybody can create something for themselves 
that gives them that kind of yeah, love story, that kind of joy. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm, I can even see the way that you talk about it. If I mean, it fills you up. So great. It does. I feel very selfish in that way. It is filling me up. It's such a gift that you, that, you know what I mean? That you, that you can give yourself and that you, you are the catalyst for. Yeah. I really like people. I really like you. I, people who need people, they're the luckiest. Clouds can make the wind blow. If you want more information about my guests, go to the website, littleknownfactspodcast.com. I also wanted to tell you that there is now a new addition to the website. It is a button that says contributions. This podcast is a true labor of love, and I really, really want to keep doing it for a long time. So if you like listening as much as I love to do it, please feel free to contribute. It would mean the world to me. Also, on Twitter, you can find me at Alana Levine. Instagram is Little Known Facts Podcast, and on Facebook, Little Known Facts Podcast. You can also feel free to rate and review the show on the iTunes show page. This podcast is recorded at Hangar Studios in New York City. This episode was brought to you by ProMedia. Located in Times Square, ProMedia offers both production and post-production services out of its beautiful studios in the heart of New York City. ProMedia Sound Vision. Find out more at promedia.nyc. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.